eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It's hump day. Holiday week for many of you. If you have some time off, good for you. Enjoy it. Spend it with the ones you love. Spend it with your family. Don't spend too much time getting all angry about the state of the Raiders because it'll get better. I promise. I, I really believe that. A lot of changes coming up for this roster, as we talked about yesterday on Tuesday's show. But we're here to hear from you. Mo Moten is my co-host. He is a national writer over at Bleach Report. Also, the Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Follow me at LV Gully as well as the show SNB Today on Twitter. Make sure you do us a favor. If you don't already subscribe to the show, please do that. Turn on the auto-download. Keep us at the top of the rankings. We are still number three of all NFL podcasts on the Odyssey Network, which is huge. And Mo and I would love to think that's all because of us, but in reality, it's all because of you. So thank you guys for listening to the show, and we appreciate you doing that. And... Mo, we're back to mailbag. It's been a bit, you know, we we had to we had to seed the mail to Santa and the postal service. They had a lot of stuff coming in. But now we're back. You were sick, I was sick. We kind of skipped around in the mailbag. But I love hearing from people, even sometimes when I think they're being crazy. Yeah, I always want to hear what the fans have to say and what they're thinking, because a lot of times they'll bring up a point or a thought that maybe I didn't think of it that way and I have to rethink my position or at least bake that into to my opinion. So shout out to the, for the, for the, to the fans out there. 
And this is the second show in a row, and Mo doesn't give any love for the festive lights above our heads. Did you notice this? Did you notice this? Scott Scott loves the uh, the presentation of things, and he, I will say Scott does a great job at, <laughs> at adding it, the bells and whistles to this show. It matters. I almost where the mailboxes people could see that if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, by the way, subscribe, hit the notifications bell. The mailbox box is even festive. I thought about putting a slice of rainbow cake there, <laughs> but I didn't want to make you hungry because I didn't know if you had any left yet. If grandma made, left you some, and if for those of you who listen to the show, we talk about food all the time. We talk about holiday foods and Mo's family's rainbow chocolate cake is to die for. And so I thought about putting that there, but I didn't want to get the wrong picture and not do it justice. I still have half the cake left Woo! on my end, so I have a lot to go. I'll probably have some until tomorrow night because after the show is over, believe it or not, I'm going to have some more cake. But, uh, <laughs> I love. Oh, by the way, we talked about, um, and, and we were talking about before we went on the air too, Mo, about a Christmas card we sent you that was, was peanuts. And Mo and I both have affinity for peanuts, Charlie Brown, Snoopy. Yeah. And I have to just brag, my, my daughter got me this Snoopy watch. I'm trying to hold it up to the camera. It's a Snoopy baseball watch. It is killer, man. So, like, I, I told my kids this year not to buy me anything. I wanted a letter from each one of them telling me of one of the best times they've ever had with me, like, out somewhere. Like, we, we did something. So that's what I wanted as a gift. But my daughter, now that she's out uh, of the house and making a living professionally and all that kind of stuff, she saw the watch and had to buy it for me. I was like, this is awesome. You know me well enough that you got me. So now I got a Snoopy watch, dude. I'm very happy. I feel like I'm 10 years old again. You, <laughs> you got to have something to pick you up after another bad Raiders loss. So we all <laughs> needed something. So I hope the fans out there got something great for Christmas or had a yeah. moment with their family that picked their spirits up after a bad loss. I'm sure there were lots of Raider jerseys under the tree. Right. There, there had to be. I know that's always a popular gift, along with some other uh, paraphernalia, helmets, things like that. If you got a number four jersey, yeah, you might want to be careful with that one. We don't know what's going to happen. It might be a collector's item soon. Might not be. Might not be. You never know. I'm sure we'll have some questions about that. But anyway. Can, can, sorry, yeah. Scott, but can go, you imagine go. that? You get a Derek Carr jersey and then he gets traded two months later. I'm not <laughs> saying he's going to get traded, but can you imagine like you, you go under the tree and you unwrap and you're like, you know, your parents who don't know football that well get you a Derek Carr jersey and they think, yeah, that's the quarterback. You know, he's going to be around in your, in your head. You just watched the Raiders lose and Derek Carr didn't play well and the rumors are flying. You're like, oh, I may have uh -oh. to sell this jersey before he gets straight. I honestly, I've said this on this show before, Mo. I have never seen, and I mean this, of any, I don't care any sport. I have never seen a fan base who owns more of their team's jerseys than Raider Nation. Because you have all the classics, right? So mm -hmm. whether it's a Stabler jersey or it's a Jim Otto double O jersey, whatever it is, like people have their favorite players. And I see people in Raider Nation post pictures all the time. It's like, here's my jersey collection. And there's like 40 of them, which mm -hmm. is like incredible. So they, so it's collectible for them. But yeah, I, that's why for me, I don't own as many jerseys as I did when I was younger, clearly. But, but from what I do now is I just buy them either blank or if I'm going to get one, I get one with a classic player that I know even if their career's over or they're traded, it's always going to be. Like I have a Golden Knights jersey with Marc-Andre Fleury's number on it from that first season. I still wear that one because he's forever going to be a classic and you could deal with that. Uh, but, but yeah, it's hard with players now with the way people move around. Man, you invest in that jersey and suddenly, boom, they're gone. 
I'd say the safest jersey to get would probably be a Devontae Adams jersey because I, I just don't whatever whatever happens. I know there are Raider fans out there who think he's gonna leave if Derek Carr is gone. <laughs> I highly I'm 90%. I have no intel on this, it's not its source. Yeah, but I'm about 90% sure that that that's just not gonna happen. So I think Correct. if you're gonna get a Raiders jersey, a current player, I think Devontae Adams is the way to go. Yes, and I'd say a close second, probably Max, Max Crosby. Crosby. Because he he just signed the deal. I don't think he's going anywhere. He he seems to be the kind of guy like I can't imagine him playing anywhere but with the Raiders. Like yeah. he is a Raider. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we'll see. But it's hard for fans. So they buy them and they they deal with the consequences, I guess. Anyway, we're gonna get it, on to the it, questions. It, Go. It, what about I mean AJ Cole if you're into special teams? Now, Mo, let's have this conversation. AJ Cole's amazing. Daniel Carson, amazing. They're kickers. They're hey, kickers, kickers need love too. Yeah, I, a Ray Guy jersey, I'll allow. Maybe even a Janikowski jersey, I would allow. But outside of that, I just, like, I'm here in Cincinnati, as you most most of you guys know. And besides being cold as heck, uh, it, 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 I, I, it blew my mind because I took my sons to a preseason Bengals game. And I was shocked. I think I tweeted you and Evan. I was shocked at the number of Evan McPherson jerseys. Like, the kicker. I'm like, what is wrong with Cincinnati? They're wearing kicker jerseys. Like, a lot of them. I couldn't understand. Now, he was big last year in that rookie season of his, getting them to the Super Bowl, helping get them to the Super Bowl. But I just don't I just don't believe in buying kickers. Unless, again, very few kickers I can name off the top of my head in the history of the NFL that I would own a jersey, no matter what team it is. Scott like, hates kickers and punters. You heard it here first. I don't hate them. I just <laughs> I buy a jersey. Like, unless you have some connection. To, okay, like... I'll, I'll use another AFC reference as much as Raider fans hate the Chiefs. Jan Stenerud. Okay, that's a guy like forever, forever a Hall of Famer type and and just a guy. Or like I said, Janikowski, just because he was a character, number one. But but Ray Guy to me is the one kicker that is worthy of buying their jersey. Just saying. That's I'll leave it at that before somebody hates on me. Okay, we're going to get into your questions now. And here's the deal. Make sure you send your questions to mail at silver and black today. All spelled out silver and black today. Mail at silver and black today. Send it in and we will get to it next week. So now we're on Wednesday. We only have a couple more uh, mailbag shows and we'll probably do some mailbag during the offseason, I would imagine as well. But anyway, get your mailbag questions in and we'll get them on the air as well. Okay, let's jump right in to this one, Mo, and it's a pretty long one, so I'm going to read through it real quickly. And it says, uh, hey, Scott Mo, I'm glad, 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 in all caps, you finally see how bad McDaniels is. And this is going, I think, off a show I did a couple weeks ago. Um, I agree with you 100% about Carr having a bad season, but I don't think it's fair to judge him based on this year's performance when he has such bad coaching. Get to that in a second. You brought up the point about him calling audibles, but who's to say he is not? How do we know it wasn't him who changed the play on some of these TDs we've scored? Point is, we don't know. But what we do know is that McDaniels is a terrible coach. Carr is coming off a career year in 2021. Mark Davis now gives him one of the worst coaches in NFL history. And we're talking about getting rid of him? Really? If McDaniels was a proven coach and I see Carr playing this bad, I would not be defending him. Carr is not great, but to say he should be cut is just not fair. Love the show. That's Vic Romero in Los Angeles, California. Okay. So, Mo, let's let's break this one. It was a longer one. Let's break it apart. First of all, 
him saying, and I did, I, I said not only on this show, but on a couple shows I did throughout the country, including the Patriots podcast last week, I, I accused McDaniels of some coaching malpractice, which I still believe is true. But he says that he's one of the worst coaches in NFL history. Do we have, based on what he did in Denver or didn't do in Denver and this year, I don't know that you could make that assumption. I get the emotion from a fan like Vic, who's a, a loyal Raider Nation for life, but can we get to that point where we can say he's done an awful job this year, Mo? We get to the point where I can say from a managing the game perspective, from a game managing perspective, he's done an awful job. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to slice it when you lose four 13-plus point leads. Right. But as a play caller, I would say you have to give it another year before you slap the he's the worst of all time <laughs> label on him. I just I just think I know he's been a head coach before with Denver, but that was more than a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, you got to me after two years, you can definitively say unless unless it's irrefutable, like Denver Broncos firing Nathaniel Hackett. Now, mm-hmm. how can you say Josh McDaniels is worse than Nathaniel Hackett? If you're going worst coach of head coach of all time, I think. Nathaniel Hackett is higher on the list than Josh McDaniels. At least, at least the Raiders for a point had a top 10 scoring offense. Nathaniel Hackett, the, the Raiders, I mean, the, the Broncos couldn't score points and they fired him before the season even ended. So that tells you how much worse Nathaniel Hackett was than Josh McDaniels. But I know that's probably comparing crap to crap, but <laughs> let's give Josh McDaniels another year before we say, Worst of all time. Another thing I want to say, maybe you said this and I didn't, but I did. I never said that the Raiders should cut Derek Carr. I've always said mm-hmm. that you entertain trade proposals. Trade. If a team is willing right. to give you a first round pick and another high pick, you maybe you make the deal. But I've always said that they're not going to outright cut him. If he wants to walk away, they'll put him on the re- reserve retire list and recoup some of that money. But if he wants to go somewhere else and try to win, you trade him for draft picks because he has value. I just want to get that straight. There you go. The record is set straight by Mr. Maurice Moten. <laughs> um, and so let me touch on this too, Vic, because you also say here, you, you kind of give Derek Carr an out based on the coaching. Now, I would agree with portion of that. I would say, yes, game management, play calling at times. Has it been bad? Absolutely. But let's go back to what we talked about on yesterday's show. Career high 19 turnovers. How does that have to do with play calling or the coach? 14 interceptions, the most in his career for one and the, the highest in the league. Okay. He's also 26th in quarterback r- rating. So how does leading the league in interceptions have anything to do with Josh McDaniels? Number one. Third lowest passing yards in his career, even if you want to argue, well, that's because they're not throwing the ball enough. I go back to the stat I brought up, which is he's at about 500 plus attempts this year, which is on par exactly with 2017, 19 and 2020. So it's not that low. I don't think you can blame it on, blame it on that as well. So you look at those stats, Mo, and I don't think there's any excusing because of Josh McDaniels failures. Derek Carr's continued kind of fall into the abyss as the season has moved on. With all due respect, Vic, we do we do appreciate your your mailback question. But yep. last time I checked, Derek Carr was a human being. 
He's not a he's not a remote controlled robot. So you he's not cannot, a lizard. You, you cannot you cannot blame all of Derek Carr's gas on the head coach. Josh right. McDaniels isn't out there throwing the football. Right. You know, so he's not out there. I know Derek Carr gets to the him and says he do he does what Josh McDaniels wants. But at the end of the day, as a quarterback in his league, you have the freedom to also make decisions. So you cannot blame all of Derek Carr's mistakes on a guy who's on the sideline calling the plays. Now, again, Josh McDaniels does call the plays, but Derek Carr is the one throwing the football. And as I've said in the previous shows, we both pointed out, Derek Carr has some bad overthrows in that Steelers game. He's had some overthrows throughout the season. That's not on Josh McDaniels. That's on Derek Carr. No, and that 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 throw to Renfro at the end of the game. I mean, he just overthrew him. I mean, there's you can't you cannot. You cannot tell me any different. It, it was a bad throw. He was floating the ball the entire game. So, so yeah. So, but, but Vic, I understand what you're saying about the coaching. There's a lot to be desired. I think Mo captured it the best by talking about his game management, which is why I would assume, maybe I'll be wrong, like I always am, uh, is that I, I assume that they will add to the coaching staff next year someone to help him manage the game like they did with Nathaniel Hackett. Obviously, didn't help him. But I think it could help to have somebody senior level in there to help be a game manager and help keep Josh McDaniels on focus so he can worry about the offense and have somebody there in his ear to tell him what to do. But Vic in Los Angeles, thank you so much for your first question. Great question. And I understand your frustrations and the emotion. All right. We're going to take a quick break here on the Wednesday Raider Nation Nation mailbag show. When we come back, we're going to get to some more of your questions, including around the immaculate deception, reception, however you want to call it which, of course, was celebrated the same night the Raiders lost to the Steelers in Pittsburgh by the score of 13-10. to 10. We'll talk about that as well as more of your car questions and others coming here on Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo and Scott coming right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, Raider Nation mailbag for this Wednesday. He is Mo. I am Scott. We are Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Silver and Black Today. Turn on the auto download. Subscribe. We would appreciate that so much as we roll on with your questions. All right, Mo, we got another one from our good, loyal listener, someone who writes into us all the time, and that is, of course, Gary Harkinreader. And Gary's a little bit longer, and he's got some conspiracy theory in his. So we got to get into this one. This will be fun to start out here, segment number two. So he says, hey, so guys, uh, you know, they freeze their you-know-what off at the raiders Steeler games. But I have to tell you, I'm a conspiracy theory person. Do you know why Franco Harris died? By the way, 
our sincere condolences out to Franco's family uh, and, of course, our good friend Phil Villapiano, uh, who's close to him. If you didn't see the ESPN feature on those two guys from this weekend, make sure you do. He says he was going to admit that it was a defected pl- pass off of, off of Frenchy Fuqua and um, was not only illegal, but the ball hit the ground. So that's his conspiracy theory. That's why Franco passed away. Okay. Love you, Gary. <laughs> that's a little out there. Uh, anyway, but he says, football-wise, I'm pumping the brakes on Chandler Jones on number 55. I believe Tillery has made his play possible. If Tillery's output continues, hopefully we'll sign him to a bigger deal. As far as Waller and Renfro go, I can see them in the mix as a decoy, but at what cost? The chemistry isn't there. Hmm. Going back to what we talked about with the locker room yesterday, right? Who do you take out of the 53? Finally, I'm back to my question of a few weeks ago. What's the possibility of restructuring contracts to be more team friendly, especially to keep Josh Jacobs, although he reminds me a lot of what Larry Johnson did with the Chiefs. So there you go. That's Gary Harkinreader, who says Merry Christmas as well. Thank you, Gary. We appreciate uh, the question as always. So, Mo, that one, let's let's unpack that a little bit too and talk about um, number one, his idea around Chandler Jones and his sudden resurgence before, of course, the injury against Pittsburgh to the elbow. Um, do you do what do you relate that experience and that improvement to? Is he right there? Is Tillery added enough in the center of that Raiders defense to 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 make a difference so far since he's joined this club? Yeah, absolutely. I think Gary's onto something there. Anytime you have a guy in the middle who can generate some pressure, it's going to help out your edge rushes. And we talked about this numerous times on the show that the Raiders needed to address their defensive tackle position to help out Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the edges. And you saw the effect Tillery had as soon as he came in. So I agree with Gary there. It doesn't necessarily have to be Tillery. If they let Tillery go somewhere else, all the Raiders have to do is make sure they address that position mm-hmm. next offseason, whether it be the draft or free agency, but they have to make sure they have a guy who can make a difference on, on the interior. So yeah, Chandler Jones, he's a, pro- a product of his production is improvement on the inside. Uh, the other thing that I want to break down with from Gary's email is that in the NFL with contracts, there's you can do so many things to manipulate the cap. You can push money down the road. So as far as restructuring contracts, I think that's very possible with, with a number of players. I have the numbers for you on over the cap on an article. I'm sure this offseason – but yes, absolutely. You don't. You don't have to stick with the contract that these players sign when they sign these extensions. You can always move money around. This is why I'm not of the belief that they have to get rid of Derek Carr to clear cap space to have enough to address other positions. Because mm. you can restructure contracts and clear up 10, 12, 15, 20 million and have enough to address some needy spots on the roster. So it's a possibility they can keep Carr with that contract, although it seems far fetched. I wouldn't rule it out of the realm of possibility. Well, and Mo, I think he he also touched on Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller Waller there too. And he touched on the chemistry issue. He didn't get into specifics, Gary, and I don't want to put words into your mouth. But I think that there is some sense that the chemistry on the offense has not been continuous. So you had Renfro, Waller, and Carr all seem to get along. Now you put Devontae Adams into that situation, and there seems to be something lost. Of course, Waller has been out for most of the season. Uh, and and wasn't around the team as much during the the preseason too. So you you start to think, well, maybe he's fallen away. I look at that idea of trying to restructure contracts, and I think with the Darren Waller contract, you just got to rid yourself of it. I I don't see if if they get any value 
uh, equal value that, that they feel happy with for Darren Waller, that they don't do that. Um, Waller had a nice game against Pittsburgh, not a great game, nothing to, to of course, uh, uh, scream about, but he had a good game. It was good to see him get back into the rhythm a little bit. But I don't see any way that the Raiders don't try to move him. Here's the thing. If you're talking about who's in the out looking in, if they're, if, if the Raiders were to trade one of their core offensive players, who would it be, Waller or Renfro? A lot of people would say Renfro because he's less essential. As a, he's, they would say he's right. just a slot receiver. I will, I'm on the other side of that, and I would say it's Waller simply because of his spotty availability. He's mm-hmm. older than Renfro. Hasn't been as available as Renfro over the last two years, and he's more costly. So mm-hmm. I would say that, and plus he would probably get you more back in return than the Renfro. value. Yeah, the value was there. The value is there because you're going to move a guy. You don't just move a guy to move a guy. And plus, Waller's contract is bigger, number one. Number two, he's going to have more value because of the freakish potential he has when he's on the field. The key, when if I'm a GM, the key for me is when trading players. I'm looking at the future. I'm not looking at what the player did two years ago, mm-hmm. three years ago. What is he going to be next year, two two years, three years down the line? I believe Renfro can still ascend, whereas Waller, he is what he is, which is a top pass-catching tight end when he's on the field. But he hasn't been on the field that much in the past two years. So I would trade him while he's still healthy. If you're if you're looking at one guy to be on the out looking in, to me, it's got to be Waller because you can get more in return. And the injuries has seen the caught up, have caught up with him. No doubt. All right. Again, thank you for uh, your question, Gary. I appreciate all of it. Uh, okay, let's get on. Here's one now about Josh Jacobs. It says, Mo and Scott, what do you guys think about Josh? what Josh Jacobs said after the Steelers lost? Do you think this points at him not returning next season? Who was he blaming and who was he talking to? Thanks, guys, and Happy New Year. And that is from Lawrence in San Jose, California. Okay, a lot has been made, Mo. We talked about about a little bit yesterday on the show uh, about Josh Jacobs and his frustration coming out and kind of the the soft, I'll call it soft, uh, it was pretty harsh, but soft call out, meaning no names were named, of his teammates and saying that it was BS, that this team couldn't win, that he's working his butt off and intimated that not everybody is. What if you after roommating on this for a few days, Mo, what's your takeaway? What was Josh Jacobs getting at with that postgame statement? I, for one, I think it was an emotional response. You gotta mm-hmm, understand, mm-hmm. they just lost a tough game on Christmas Eve. He's playing, he's played through injuries this year. I think that was just frustration boiling over. I don't think he was specifically had one person in mind, like this bum over here is not putting his all in the practice and I'm mad at him. I think it was just more of a, I'm frustrated that we're not getting the results that we should be seeing with the work that we put in. Now to look forward, I think it will play into his decision. I said this before I got sick. I said, let's be careful about just saying, Oh, we we can throw money at Josh Jacobs and he'll be back. Don't take these players options for granted. These players, especially when you're at the top of your career, Josh, Jacobs is having a career year. He's going to have options. Oh, yeah. And if he feels like the this Raiders team isn't going to win a lot of games at the prime of his career, at the height of his career, he may want to go elsewhere. And I get it from a, a fan perspective as always, you know, Raider, Raider for life and all of this stuff. I'm going to be thick and thin. I'm going to go through it, whether it's bad or good. These players have short career spans, especially at the running back position. 
you have to strike while you're hot. So I think we have to weigh in. What is he? What is he seeing this Raiders team versus what is his, what are his other options going to be and what other teams going to offer him? Because I don't think it's a slam dunk that even if the Raiders want him back, I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's going to come back. Now that he's frustrated because he's seen a lot of losing seasons, a lot of mediocre seasons with with the Raiders in Oakland and now in Vegas. Well, and Mo, you mentioned it yesterday, too, which is he not only all the things you just said, but he may wait and see, Okay, what's going to happen with this team? Who's going? Who's staying? Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a new quarterback? Is he loyal to Derek Carr? Does he want to play with Derek Carr? If he does, then maybe that hurts his chances if they say goodbye to Carr. If they keep Carr, then maybe it helps. If they don't keep Carr, maybe it helps. We don't know where he stands on that and if and who he's kind of pointing at there. But I think this is where you get to in a season, especially when you're into the last three weeks and you continue to lose games like the Raiders have and seeing frustration with all sorts of different angles here, is that guys just finally start. They've been professional all year long. They've mm -hmm. kept it in-house. But now as you're nearing the end of the journey that is a long NFL season, you start to see people share their frustrations. Do you remember two years ago? This reminds me so much of when there was a locker room blow up with Nelson Aguilar. Remember oh, yeah. there was a yeah. thing and Nelson Aguilar had a, a long you know, speech or diatribe after a bad... Uh, I don't want to say a bad season, but a season where the Reds didn't live up to or play out to expectations he felt. I feel like this is a similar situation. Not to say Josh Jacobs is going to leave like Nelson Aguilar did, but at the end of the season, to your point, you start to hear these frustrations come out publicly and you wonder what's going through a player's mind. Is he thinking, okay, I just had a great season as Nelson Aguilar did in 2020. Mm -hmm. I just had a great season. Can I go somewhere else where they have a better chance of winning and capitalize on a good contract as well. So that's something to watch out for. It is. We'll see how that all uh, pans out because to me, it, yeah, you don't know what's happening and we don't know. And I'm not going to try to guess like, and I appreciate the, the question um, uh, Lawrence, but like, I'm not going to guess because that would be to me, it'd be inappropriate for me to right. guess. Cause I don't know. Now, if we had reports out there that said this, I think you'll start to see those come out, by the way, we started the we started to see the whispers about Derek Carr's future come out a couple weeks ago, last week in particular, those you can bank on. There's, there's some smoke there. There's some fire. Um, as far as what Jacob said and what that says about the locker room. And if there's factions in the locker room, we don't know yet. Uh, and so we'll see, and, and we'll cover it obviously if, if we have something be between now and, and tomorrow's show on Thursday, we will do that, but certainly nothing yet. But Lawrence, great question. All right, we're going to take our second break. When we come back, it's all about the car wars. Ba -ba 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 of course, I saved all the car questions for the final segment. Yes. So if you don't want to hear about Derek Carr because you think he walks on water or if because you hate Derek Carr and you want nothing to do with him, you might not want to listen to the third segment, or you might want to listen to depending where you sit on the, the fence. But we got some good questions, um, some emotion in these questions, but clearly some really good ones, too, that I think will be able to help you guys answer. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. We coming right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the final segment of our Raider Nation Wednesday mailbag here on Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you may be listening to us. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Good to see you. Hope you like the lights. Uh, you can also subscribe and hit the notifications bell as well. Mo Moten, Scott Branson back with you. By the way, give us both a follow on Twitter. Mo is at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. We love interacting with you guys there as well. So thank you for that. All right, jumping back in and we bring back that it's time for more car wars. We have the car questions. We saved them for the last segment. I just figured we'd get them all out at the same time. It's sort of like, you know, when you're sick and you just got to get it all up, you ate and you're not feeling good and you just blah. Okay, that's what we're doing. Really? You, you mean this is not the icing on the cake, the car questions? No, this is the kneeling in front of the porcelain god uh, of the show because it's a very polarizing issue. Or as the English would say, English would say issue. Mm. Here, here we go. Okay, Scott and Mo. Here we go. Hold on. Buckle up. What is it with my fellow brothers and sisters in Raider Nation that we cannot come to grips with the need to move on from Derek Carr? I've always liked Derek and wear his jersey to every home game. Wow. But I've come to the point where I realize it's not going to happen with him. I want him to have a chance somewhere else, and we need to move on and think about the future, even if that means taking a step backwards. He clearly listened to our Tuesday show. But taking a step backward from what? Another disappointing non-playoff team? I don't know, guys. Raider Nation needs to wake up and move on. It sucks that we're here, and it sucks for Derek, but it's time for a big heaping dose of reality. That is from Dennis in Santa Clarita, California. Dennis, thank you for the message. All right, so what is it, Mo? I don't think I have the answer. If you and I had the answer to this question, I think we'd be retired already. And it's it goes back to the core issue of why Derek Carr is the most polarizing player in the history of the Raiders. He is. He is. And I Dennis, great question. And I, I'm totally I totally understand where you're coming from, but I will say you are one of the more rational Raider <laughs> fans out there. If you have great. this take, if you wear the guy's jersey and you think it's time to move on, there are not a lot of people. I shouldn't say that. There are some people who wear Derek Carr's jersey and think it's Derek Carr or nothing. But to answer, I will say this, and this isn't absolute, so I'm not putting a blanket and saying this is where everyone falls into these two factions. But I, I made an observation. Older Raider fans who have watched good, great quarter, great quarterback play, to me, they're, they're more of the thought that they're ready to move on because they've seen mm. what great looks like. Mm. And, they, and they don't think Derek Carr measures up to that. Younger fans who are closer to my age, who maybe came on during the Rich Gannon years or, or after, or shortly after the Rich Gannon years, haven't seen a quarterback as good as Derek Carr after Rich Gannon. Post-Rich Gannon, it hasn't been good. So Derek Carr is the best they've seen. So they know what it looks like when it's bad. So the Andrew Walters, the Tuliasa Sopos, the Aaron Brooks, they've been through all that. And they, and they go, we don't want to see another Jamarcus Russell. 
We don't want to <laughs> see another Andrew Walter. We, we'd rather stay average than get worse. And we talked about this on a previous show. Yes, it could get worse, as even Dennis pointed out, but it could also get better. You can't be afraid to go from average to better. And to his point, it's not like Derek Carr has been taking this team to the playoffs every year. They have two yeah. playoff appearances in his nine-year tenure, no playoff wins. So what exactly are you giving up and risking? Are you risking that much? And mm -hmm. I get it. It's not all Derek Carr's fault why the Raiders haven't been making the playoffs. They've had bad defenses. Coaches have, have been in and out. There's been instability there. He is not all to blame. I'm not saying that. But he's definitely part of the problem. He hasn't been able to elevate them. So with that said, me as a younger fan, I've, I've watched Rich Gannon. I've watched Derek Carr. I've also watched Marcus Russell and Andrew Walter and Tui Asasopo and those guys. I would say, look, if you're looking to get better, if you want to compete with the Chiefs, if you want to compete with the Bengals, if you want to compete with the Bills and the AFC, you're going to have to take a swing. Yeah. No, well put. And and by the way, the, the slander against Rich Gannon by by some Raider fans, it blows oh, my mind. It just blows my mind. <laughs> Trying to minimize what he did for this team is crazy. But but a good point, and I think to Dennis's to Dennis's note, which is something we talked about on yesterday's show, which is yeah, yeah, you can do worse, but you have to take big swings in life. You always take risk, right? You take risk every time you walk out the door. Sometimes it might be yeah, you know, I might take this job over this other job. I have security, or at least perceived security. Um, but boy, I could try this. But there's risk. Well, yeah, there's always risk. And when you try that, you have to. You can't be willing to tread. Well, I called it treading water yesterday, right? Which is, yeah, the shore's 100 yards that way. The sea's 100 yards that way. I can stay here. It's nice and comfortable. The water's warm. I'm not moving very much. But, man, if I start swimming, i got to take a risk. I could get caught in the undertow. I could. All that stuff comes up. But I think that I understand what he's getting to this point is you haven't won. And, Mo, the other question I had somebody ask me the other day is, what other quarterback who can Forget all the, the, the instances of coaching changes, GM changes, all that stuff, playbooks. How many NFL quarterbacks in the history of the league have had 10 years to lead a team and have not won a playoff game? I mean, there, he's got to be one of maybe two, I think. I mean, that, there was a similar narrative about Matthew Stafford, right? Mm. Matthew Stafford didn't win anything in Detroit. And you saw what Matthew Stafford did with a with a better culture and a better football team. That could very well happen with Derek Carr. Yeah, but the but you have but you cannot. And I think a lot of fans are worried about this. They're worried that if they trade Derek Carr, he goes somewhere else and wins. They go, see, all we needed to do was <laughs> fix everything around him, and he would have won a Super Bowl. And I will say that one team structure is not another team structure. So it just as you've been saying for months now. It just may be over with him for the Raiders. He may mm -hmm. go somewhere else and be better. But the Raiders may also improve without him as well. It could be a win for both sides. It doesn't have to be one Derek Carr improves and does all of these great things and the Raiders fall apart. It could right. be great for both sides. But really quick, and I have to cut you off, I want to tell a quick story. I, I very rarely get personal on the show, but it goes with this point about the Raiders and wanting to move on. In 2015, I had a decent job. I was working in the library system making decent money, but I wanted to do the whole sports thing. I wanted to be a content creator. I wanted to cover football teams and write for a living, but I had to take a risk. But with that risk, I had to take a step back financially and with a lot of other things that I won't mention on the show, but I had to take a loss initially, but I had faith that, okay, if I work hard enough, if I do this and this and that, 
I can get to where I want to be. And if the Raiders want to be a Super Bowl contending team, they may have to take a similar route where they say, okay, we're do we're average now. We're we're close, but not there yet. We're we we have something decent at quarterback, but we're not quite where we want to be. Take a risk. It could work yeah. out for you. Yeah. Worked out for me. And and sometimes, and yeah, thank goodness it did, but you took that risk. You, you knew you hey. I don't know about you guys. I do a plus and Delta list. Like whenever I'm going to make a decision, right. And I just accepted a new job just last month and I took less money. Yeah. I took less money because the upside to me is greater. I get better satisfaction. I get better. I get to make more content. I get to do all kinds of cool stuff. So you, sometimes you do that. And I also, I'm going to use an NBA reference. You know how I feel about the NBA, but remember LeBron James comes out and, and joins the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then he left to go to Miami. Why did he leave Cleveland? It wasn't because LeBron James wasn't the, one of the best basketball players to ever put the shoes on, because he is, okay? I still think Jordan's better, but nonetheless, he's one of the best ever to play the game. Could he have won in Cleveland? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But he took the lead. Yes, I know they created a super team and all that stuff, but he needed the change of zip code. It wasn't helping anybody. And what happened after he left Cleveland? Cleveland actually got better so much so that he went back, correct? So he went back eventually home because he's from the area in Ohio. And he went back and he won because it was a different organization with different talent and everything at that time. So I think to your point about it doesn't have to be one or the other. Both sides can win here and there doesn't have to be any regret attached to it. It can just be, hey, time to move on. Thank you for your service. And let's go our direction. Let's build for the future because that's what you have to do in the NFL, especially if you're going to upend the Chiefs and stay on target with the Chargers. You don't, the Broncos are a little bit behind just you don't have to worry about them for now. But somebody like Peyton becomes their coach, suddenly you got to worry about it. We'll see what happens. But so many unknowns, and you just have to trust that the leadership knows what they're doing. And, and I want to say, I know we're going along with this question, but I want to yeah. add context to my story that while I was making the decision, as the Reds going to have to deliberate with Derek Carr, the QB decision, there were people saying, you know, and I told people about, you know, should I – jump ship with this job. I got good benefits. I got a decent pay. I got a decent salary. And there were people who were just like Raider fans saying, why would you give that up? You, you know, yes. you, it's not great, but it's, it's pretty decent. You're giving up your benefits. You might, you might be struggling for some years. It might not be good. Just as Raider fans, oh, you might decline. You might be four and 13 for a while. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, I'm not where I want to be at this moment. Exactly. And to get to where I want to be, I'm going to have to take a risk because it hasn't worked out the way I wanted it to for these past five, six years where I am right now. If you want better, sometimes you got to stand out on the limb and take a big swing. And the Raiders, I think, are at that point where they should really contemplate doing that with Derek Carr, considering two playoff appearances, zero playoff wins with him in Oakland and Vegas. There you go. Not only are you getting good football talk, but you get good life advice from Mr. Yeah. Moten there. So for the youngins out there, for the youngins out there listening, you can follow your yeah. dreams. Yes, it takes sacrifice sometimes, yeah. but sometimes that's what you got to do. All right. Thank you so much uh, for the question, Dennis. We appreciate that. All right. On to the next question, which has to do with Derek Carr again. And this one's a little similar, um, but it says, hey, guys. What is wrong with these people who refuse to accept Derek Carr played like crap on Christmas Eve? <laughs> I love that. I love the honesty there. Are they so intent on being right and not quote unquote losing an argument that they're disconnected from reality? You can like Carr and call out that he's had a subpar year. 
I think we need to keep him next season, even if we draft a young QB, but to deny he's a big part of the reason this team has struggled is ridiculous. I'm 45 years old, and I'm getting more and more discouraged about the state of the younger fan base and for people who hinge their entire Raiders fandom on their love for one player. It's about the shield, not the name on the back of the jersey. RN4L, Raider Nation for Life, Jorge in North Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Thank you, Jorge. Go ahead, that was Sarah. a good one. That was a good one. Love you for that, Jorge. I very rarely say I love you. Thank you, Jorge, for speaking <laughs> rationality. But go ahead, Scott. Sorry. No, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think about what he said because we've said this on this show, and and Jorge, I'm not taking, I'm not taking credit for your thoughts, but we've been saying this for weeks, right, and months actually, which is, two things can be right. Like, yes, it can't. It doesn't all have to be Derek Carr's fault, and yes, he can be playing like crap and not himself. They both can be, at the same time, correct. I I think it's a product, and I'm going to get a little philosophical here. I think it's part (laughs) of what our generation is today, right? Mm. So a lot of people are fans of certain people and political figures and public figures, I should say, and they're willing to ride with that person, whether that person is right or wrong doing a good job or a bad job, they're going to ride it out with that person because that's what they've always done. And there's very little objectivity out there. I think we talk about this off air with our, with our good buddy, Evan Grote of Just Pot Baby. We talk about this a lot. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of people who, who could sit there and say, I like this person, but I can criticize this person because he or she is screwing up there. And I think that's the problem with a lot of, not a lot of, but with some fans is that they wear Derek Carr's jersey. They've supported Derek Carr for this long. They defended him. And they don't want to be wrong about, <laughs> you know, their side of the debate, their side of the argument. So they're just going to write it out and they're going to act like or minimize his mistakes and say, well, Derek Carr played like crap, but the defense has been bad all year. And Joshua Daniels is terrible. They'll deflect away from what Derek Carr is and what right. his performance is to talk about other things. And to Jorge's point, I, I think it's just with the younger fan, I don't want to blanket statement younger fans because some younger fans are ready to move on as well. But with a lot of fans, it's just they're a fan of Derek Carr. As he said, they're a fan of the player more than the team. And I've seen this. I know these are out there people, but they say, I'd rather the Raiders lose with Derek Carr than win with someone else. I've Mm. seen real tweets. I've seen real people on accounts say this. And this goes to my point. They're more of a fan of the player as Jorge said, then the shield. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I, I don't, the, the, your political um, connection there is interesting because I do think that's how arguments go in political, no matter which side of the spectrum you're on. And I know we have people mm-hmm. on both sides of the, 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 the red and blue spectrum. Cause I hear from them. They send me direct messages all the time because they think I agree with them on some things and they have no idea actually where I sit, but nonetheless, <laughs> they send me that stuff and I just thank them for their comments and that's it. But, but I, I do think it is about being right. A lot of the times you want to be right. And when things point to you not being right, you just, you want to, you know, I'm just going to batten down the hatches because Double we down. see it in politics. Mm-hmm. We see politicians again on both sides of the aisle who are completely wrong, caught in bad situations, whatever. And they just deny it. Well, we have proof. No, it wasn't me. Like it's sort of like Bart Simpson from the Simpsons. Like I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And they're just going to stick to it. So I think, I think with the Derek Carr situation, that's what we see too with fans is they just don't want to give in 
because they don't want to be wrong. And so many people, and, and I do, it makes me feel terrible for people that, is this where they get their, their support in life? Like they want to be right about something and then they feel validated for some reason. And really it's sports folks. This is football. It's a huge business. I understand that Mo and I love being a part of it, but at the end of the day, life itself outside of this is much more important. And so Look, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good guy. I don't care how many of the brothers have blocked me on Twitter. It doesn't matter to me. What, what I'm just going to tell you what I think about him. I don't always, I'm not always right about it. I don't know. I don't break down film, and I can't tell you every scheme and why I'm wrong about Derek Carr not throwing to this player. That's not my role. I'll let other people do that. And, and for those of you who like it, you can eat it up, and that's cool. But I'm going to tell you what I think, and I think that you, you have to be able to be okay with sometimes being wrong and saying, you know what? Love the dude. I would love to see what he could do elsewhere. You know, break my heart to see him go because he's one of my favorite players. But guess what? I, I want my team to win, and it just seems like it's not working out, so let's move on. I'm not sure if it was Jorge or the previous emailer, but they said they would draft the quarterback. It would keep Derek Carr and still draft the quarterback. Yeah, he did. And that's, Jorge said that. that yeah. yeah, and that's, that's where I am if – the Raiders have enough financial capital to improve that defense. If there's a way that they can keep Derek Carr and still draft the quarterback, I think that would be ideal. Mm -hmm. Now we'll see how much money they have to spend on defensive players or, or, they, or their offensive line. But if you know if they're running low on cap room, that you can always restructure. I, I believe a previous email, Gary, I think Hark Reader brought that up, restructuring contracts. You can also do that. But I think ideally you'd want to have a Derek Carr who you can win games with. He's proven yeah. that he can win, win games, but you have to start to look toward the future, whether you're going to keep him or not. You have to look toward the future because you and I both agree. We don't think he's going to be around that long and you don't get to pick top 10 very often in the NFL. So Hopefully you have not. to take, you have to take advantage of that draft position, draft the quarterback, look toward the future, whether Derek Carr is in the picture or not. And the bottom line is we don't know what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels think Right. about Derek Carr's future in Las Vegas. We just don't know. Maybe they don't know. I don't know. I would think that they have some idea now mm -hmm. after what they've seen over the last six weeks, but we don't know for sure. So we were just guessing. But Jorge, thank you so much for your question. All right, we're going to get to our last question here, and it is another Derek Carr question, but this one is actually more forward-looking, so I appreciate it very much. Uh, and it comes from Frank in Lubbock, Texas. And this one was to you, Mo. It says, Mo, if we were to move on from Derek... Uh, we can't just go with a rookie QB. What available veteran quarterbacks are out there that you'd sign as a guy to come in and keep us competitive, but also help tutor a young draft pick? Love the show, guys. Should be a crazy offseason yet again, Frank in Lubbock, Texas. And Mo, you talked about this yesterday. You had one name. Tell everybody that if they didn't hear the show yesterday about a veteran that you think could be someone who could come in. And I use veteran loosely because it's because the person you mentioned yesterday is very much a young veteran, and then maybe some other options if the Raiders were to draft a young quarterback but want somebody to also come in uh, and tutor if Derek Carr's gone. A young veteran, Mac Jones. I know he's not the tutoring type because he's still in developmental stages himself, but he knows the system. I like Mac Jones as a transition quarterback simply because he's only on the hook for $42.5 next year. And coming off of a down year, you don't have to send the pages a whole lot of draft capital to get him. I, I would assume that you can probably get him for a day three pick or maybe a fourth rounder, who knows, but it's not going to cost you a lot to bring in Mac Jones. Now, again, to, to the email's point, he's not the tutoring type because he's not a 30 year old quarterback. 
he's probably looking for a starting job himself and to make himself in the league. So that's probably not going to fit what the reader with the emailer is looking for. If you're looking for an older quarterback who can tutor a young rookie and you don't want to throw the rookie out immediately right away, I don't necessarily like this choice. But for, for the emailer, Jimmy Garoppolo would fit simply because Jimmy Garoppolo was in New England, so he is familiar with Josh McDaniel. So, you know, my thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is that he, he can't stay healthy. So hmm. chances are there's like a 50-50 chance that you're going to have to play your rookie anyway if you get Jimmy Garoppolo because he's known for missing time. I mean, he's out right now, and that's why the 49ers are playing their third-string quarterback in Brock Purdy. I don't really like the Jimmy Garoppolo route. I don't really like the Tom Brady route. Tom Brady takes Wednesdays off. I think the Raiders need a guy who's going to be on the practice field every day. Tom Brady's going to be 46 years old. Plus, where the league is headed, you want a mobile quarterback. Tom Brady can't move. So if your offensive line is decimated, Tom Brady isn't as good, and we're seeing that now with Tampa Bay. Uh, if you're looking at a, a, just a place, a strictly a placeholder quarter, quarterback, I like Mike White. I think the Jets are going to bring back Mike White, but Mike White is a guy that doesn't know Josh McDaniel's system, but he's proven with two young wide receivers and Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. I know you got Tyler Conklin, CJ Usama. He moved the ball with the Jets in cold weather, by the way. So he, cold weather doesn't affect him. Uh, he went toe to toe with the Bills and 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 played pretty pretty well. Took some shots. But a guy like Mike White is a guy I like. Again, doesn't know the system as Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo may know it. Mm-hmm. But he's a placeholder type that he's not the answer. He's not a franchise quarterback. But if you you can win games now <clears throat> while developing your, your young rookie quarterback, he's probably not going to be able to teach the system to a young rookie because he doesn't know the system himself. But as a placeholder, I like him. But as far as teaching the system to another quarterback – you're probably looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, and again, I have my reservations about him because of his injury history. Well, maybe not teaching the system, but what about a Gardner Minshew, somebody like that who has ability? Okay, he's not going to be a top ten quarterback, any of that kind of stuff. Some fans have said, "Well, look what Baker Mayfield's doing." I wouldn't touch Baker Mayfield with a ten foot pole because of the downside. I would. T- I'd rather take Gardner Minshew than B- Baker Mayfield. Uh, what do you think of Minshew? The offenses he's run, obviously not McDaniel's offenses, but there is some similarities. He's not exactly a big mobile quarterback, but he does create outside the pocket and move well on his feet. Yeah, I talked about Minshew. As I was paying tribute to Mike Leach and his passing, I said, the only reason I know about Minshew is because I watched him at Washington State when he was under Mike Leach. And I think, I know he, the Philadelphia Eagles lost that game and he had three turnovers through two picks. I believe I had a fumble. But if you look at Minshew, he has starting experience in this league. He can move the ball. He is mobile. He's a guy that I would look at, look at as one of the, to me, he's one of the top backup quarterbacks in the league. So if you're looking right. at a guy to be a placeholder, he would also be at, at the top of my list, but I would also say this is not a this is not a, an option that's gonna knock your socks off or anything like that. But I wouldn't even rule out the Raiders just re-signing Jared Stidham because he has multiple years and Josh McDaniels system. Now you're not gonna probably you're probably not gonna win a lot of games with Jared Stidham, right? But if you just don't want to throw your rookie quarterback out right away because you don't think he's ready, Jared Stidham is 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 as a probable placeholder because again he knows the system and he can teach that to a rookie. Absolutely. Frank in Lubbock, Texas. Again, thanks for the question. And we'll, and this is all hinges on whether or not Derek Carr is back, which we have no clue which way that can go. Although I would anticipate, Mo, I, I'm still going into, and we'll get into this Thursday as we talk about the 49ers coming up this weekend. Uh, I still think these next two weeks will have a lot to do with that. I know 
over the last three weeks, especially Derek Carr has not looked good. The Steelers game was, uh, uh, to me, close to somewhat of a low for him. Um, and so you have two more weeks against two really good teams. Clearly the 49ers defense uh, head, head and shoulders above the Chiefs defense. Chiefs defense still pretty good. So you're going to see him have the opportunity to perform at a high level against two very good teams. And if he doesn't, uh, then maybe that'll sway uh, Ziegler and McDaniels one way or the other. Maybe it won't. Maybe they already have their mind made up. But I think from a fan perspective, whether or not this kind of desire to move on, which we're seeing grow and grow, which has no impact really on what they're going to do, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll mm -hmm. see if that grows over time. But I think the next two weeks are going to really dictate how people feel about Derek Carr heading into the offseason. The other thing I want to make clear before we go off air is just because we're advocating for the Raiders to to add a quarterback doesn't mean we're blaming all of their issues on Derek Carr. <laughs> it just simply means that sure. the Raiders could take a chance to to find a player who has a higher ceiling than Derek Carr. And I right. think that's what people misconstrue a lot is that any talk of any criticism of Derek Carr, any talk of moving on, oh, you're blaming all this on Derek Carr. And that's not the case. It's how can we make this team better for the future? And I think that's what people have to look at it. Yes. For example, if Odyssey suddenly had Rich Gannon and Tim Brown saying, hey, we want to do the Raiders podcast. Right. I don't think Odyssey would have any problem saying, hey, Scott and Mo, you're independent yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And I would and get it. And I would understand that. Totally. We'd go do our thing somewhere else and I would be okay with it because I understand it's Rich Gannon and Tim Brown. Exactly. I get it. So, yeah, so you're right. And, and that's it. And, and I know some some of you will listen and you won't listen to what we're saying and you'll still think we're hating on people. And that's cool to listen. You you listen to what you want. You have your own opinion and you're welcome to it. Uh, but I know, as most of you who follow the show know from Mo and I both is we're going to kind of just tell it like it is. Doesn't mean we're always right but we're always honest. We're always forthright. We'll always give you the benefit of the doubt as well. So we'll see. But what happens with Derek Carr, we won't know for several weeks here, but the time is rapidly approaching where we will know whether or not he'll be back. And so that'll be good. And then we can go from there. Mo, always fun, man. Some great questions again. It just blows my mind how, how much knowledge and, and, and I think um, level-headed knowledge our listener base has when they send in these questions. Absolutely. I, and I know you haven't spoke a lot about giving out T-shirts and everything, but I think Jorge deserves a T-shirt because okay, I'll mark it down. I, I, st I we still haven't gotten the T-shirts out from earlier in the season, by the way. That's my fault. For those that, listeners. That's all They're good, coming. I, I just, promise. They're coming. I, I just I love it when I hear fans inject some objectivity in their opinion. Yes. And I know I'm a writer and I'm coming from a different, you know, lens. Mm. But I when he said, you know, I, you know, I wear Derek Carr's jersey great guy but i think it's time to move on it's refreshing to hear because on when you're on social media or facebook twitter whatever you don't hear a lot of that it's either no. i hate Derek carr i just want to see him go a lot of derogatory statements i don't engage in that or i love Derek carr i'm going to ride with him for for better or worse and i think that we need to give a platform to people with that middle ground rational voice we need to give more platform because i know we talk a lot about the extremes I'm into giving people who have a rational opinion a bigger voice and larger platform. I think Jorge hit it on the head there with his email. Yeah, and I think, too, in, in a time where we also see corporate media, by the way, which we're technically part of here at Odyssey, but we have more freedom, I think, than some do. But yeah. corporate media, increasingly more friendly 
with players and teams because of the business involved. So you don't always get kind of the biting truth that you sometimes need to hear. And I want to give credit to one of the writers, um, and that's to Sean Reed at The Athletic, who has been very, very, I think, objective and and using statistics-based and, and just having watched all the games and practices that he does. He's been very honest. And I know... You know, I, Derek Carr blocked him a long time ago, but but I know I know that the family probably does not like Tashawn because he's been very open about it, not not in a judgmental way, other than just using what has happened, game game proof, game watching statistics, data, all that stuff. So it, it's refreshing to see a young writer too, Mo. By the way, mm-hmm. who covers a beat has to face those guys in the room every day. By the way, you and I don't. Mm-hmm. We're not in the room. I used to go to the press conferences. But now I'm not there. You, when you have to face somebody face to face after you just kind of pointed out that they're not doing well in in a major publication like the Athletic, you know you got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to just give a shout out to Tashawn because he's been doing that a lot, especially over the offense, uh, and really to me has covered the the decline of this offense in the Raiders system uh, over the last four weeks better than anybody. So shout out to that. But that's look, you just tell the truth. Some people right. don't like to hear the truth, and you just have to deal with it and let the cards fall where they may. So that is what it is. But thank you guys all for your questions. Mo, will be back tomorrow. We'll start to look ahead a little bit at this 49ers team. You talk about a challenge for this offense. They haven't faced a defense this good in a long time. Absolutely, and I think it's going to – and like I said, I don't want to predict now how Derek Carr is going to perform, but I think, as you said, there are two more games for him to audition to prove – you know why he deserves to stay or why the Raiders shouldn't move on and stick with him for another year or mm-hmm. two or three. But this is a big game for him because if, if he, he can prove him, he can play well against arguably again, the number one defense in the league, I think it goes a long way in his evaluation this year. So we'll see what happens with that. It does. It'll be fascinating. And you'll all be here with us on silver and black today to talk about that. All right, Mo, we'll talk to you on Thursday, my man. To break it down, more car wars, maybe? In between quarter and iterator talk, we'll see. I'm sure we're going to have more car wars unless he's he's jettisoned by the organization via trade or release. And we'll have to talk about it probably through next season. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, But we'll be here to talk about it. All right, buddy. Uh, For Mo Moten, I'm Scott Cobranson. For our producer, David Stepani, and for everybody here at the Odyssey Network, we appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow, our last show before the end of the year 2022 has been so great thank you for being so good to all of us here as well this has been silver and black today an odyssey original podcast we will talk to you tomorrow raider nation take care